Welcome to the Apostolic Keynote Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church. This message is by Colin Urquhart. When John begins his gospel, which all those of you, except perhaps for the first year students, know by now is the greatest book in the Bible. When he began this, he said, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was with him in the beginning, and without him was not anything made that has been made. He's talking, of course, about Jesus. Jesus is the Word. The Word that God brought all creation into being. He spoke, as we read in Genesis 1, and creation happened. He said, let there be light, and there was light, and God looked and saw that it was good. That word that brought all creation into being became a man and lived amongst us. He spoke the words of God. If we want to please God and be a people of faith, we have faith in the word of God. You cannot separate Jesus from his words because he is the word. So the only way to have faith in Jesus is to have faith in what he has said, in the whole of the revelation that God gives us in the Bible, and particularly, of course, in the New Testament, about who God is, what he has done and accomplished for us through Jesus, what he has made us as the children of God, and what we are able to do because we're the children of God. Those four things. If it wasn't for the word of God, we wouldn't know who he is. We wouldn't know what he has accomplished through Jesus. We wouldn't know what he has made us as those who belong to him. And we wouldn't know what it's possible for us to do if our faith is in him. So we are dependent completely on the word of God. A people of faith are people who have faith in the word of the Lord. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of faith. And what Jesus promised is that the Holy Spirit, when he was given to the disciples, would remind them of everything that Jesus had said. He would take those words and declare them to them. In other words, Jesus knew that not only while he was on earth speaking the word of God would the disciples have to believe what he was saying, but the the Holy Spirit, after he had returned to heaven, would continue to declare the word. Jesus wasn't saying that the Holy Spirit would bring new and fresh revelation. What he was saying 
is that first and foremost, the Spirit would declare the Word of God. What God has already said. What He has already done. Whatever new revelation God ever gives simply illuminates, makes real for us the Word that He has already spoken. There isn't any other new revelation that God will ever give to anyone. If anyone says he has a revelation that is not in Scripture, switch off immediately because it hasn't come from God. He has given us the complete revelation of what we need in the Scriptures in order that we might please him. So, we have to understand what it means to have faith in his word. We worship the Lord. But God never answers our worship. Worship is for him. God has no obligation to answer our worship. He engages with us in worship. He can reveal himself to us in his presence in worship. But we don't get any answers from God in worship. God is not committed to answering prayer. You can pray and pray and pray and pray, and God has absolutely no obligation to answer. But if you pray with faith, God has to answer. But to pray with faith is to pray with faith in his word. So the only prayer that pleases God is prayer that places faith in the word of God, that expresses faith in the word of God. So Jesus says, you will receive whatever you ask in prayer if you believe. If you believe what? If you believe the word that he has spoken. If you believe the promises that he has given. If you believe what he has done as it is revealed to us in Scripture. So you can have glorious times of worship where God reveals his presence, and that is important, an important aspect of our lives. But it will not actually benefit in the sense of giving us answers to the needs in our lives. It can draw you close to God so that you are more open to hear and receive his word. But it is the word of God that is to work in our lives. And the Holy Spirit and the word will always work together. So Jesus says, if you continue in my word, you will be my disciples. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. The truth of what? The truth of the word. You continue to live in the word. You continue to believe in the word. You continue to walk at one with the word of God. Then you will be his disciple. Then you will know the truth that is able to set you free. Jesus said, if you abide in me, if you continue to live in me, and my words continue to live in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. Why? Because God always is obligated to honor his word. He's not on, obligated to honor prayer if it is not 
based upon faith in his word. You can pray all kinds of stuff. You could spend hours and hours and hours praying useless prayers because they are not the word of God. But when you pray the word of God, God has to answer. Otherwise, he would not be faithful. Otherwise, the whole universe would go into chaos because it's sustained, not only created by his word, but it is sustained by his word. The very fact that there is order in the universe and that everything doesn't go into complete chaos and confusion is evidence of the truth of God's word. So we become the people of faith by becoming people of the word. So <clears throat> what's the problem? The problem is that most Christians put more faith in their feelings than in the word. Because your feelings are often a total contradiction to the word. And then you have to decide, do I believe what I feel or do I believe what God says? The options are as stark as that. You either believe your feelings or you believe God's word. Now your feelings are never the truth. This is why so many Christians get deceived. They think the way they feel is the truth. No, the way you feel is a fact. It's a fact. Facts can change because your feelings can change. The truth is the word and the word can never change. The truth can never change. Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. These are the words of eternal life. They are eternally true. So either you believe your feelings or you believe what God says. You might feel nothing, but God's word is still the same. God is still the same. You can have faith in his word when you feel that God is a million miles away because he will answer you according to your faith in your word, not according to your feelings. If you have your faith in your feelings, God is not even listening. He only listens when you have faith in his word. Are we there? Hallelujah. So, if you, for example, are in need of healing, what are you going to say? Because what the scriptures say is this. You don't have faith, you speak faith, and you do faith. In other words, faith only becomes real when you speak it. So you have to speak faith in the word even when you feel totally opposite to what the word says. Or when you feel absolutely nothing, you still speak the word. And if you don't speak it, you're still not living by faith in it. You notice that when people came to Jesus to be healed, he always asked them questions. Now, Jesus knew very well what was in a man. That's, the scripture says that. He knew what was in their hearts. He knew what they wanted. But he made them speak it out. Why? Because they would not be putting faith in him until they spoke it. Just coming to him was not enough. Now, you think for a moment of the woman that pressed through the crowd um, to touch the fringe of his garment. And you think, ah, oh, well, that's what we need, a touch from God. 
Now read the scripture again. And what you will see is that before she pressed through the crowd, the woman said, if only I can get through the crowd and touch him, I will be healed. She said it first. And you are not in the place of faith until you say what you believe. Amen. And sometimes that leads to immediate results. Sometimes we have to persist in speaking the truth over against all the adverse circumstances, against all the negative feelings, against all the negative thoughts. Even your thought life is not, is not the truth if it conflicts with the Word of God. So never mind what you think, just believe what He says. You speak about your sickness, every time you speak about it, you're more sick. Every time you speak the Word of God over your sickness, you're more healed. Why? Because when you speak it, you are putting your faith and your trust in what God has said, in what God has done, in the truth that is able to set you free. Now, this is not going to be a seminar on healing. We'll talk much more about that uh, as the term progresses. But it's the principle, because the principle is true no matter what we're praying about. You speak about the fact that you have need, and every time you speak about your need, your need is greater than it was before. But every time you speak about the provision of God, because you believe what His Word says, that He intends you to be, be prosperous and abundant because of His love for you, then actually you are coming against the lack. You are coming against the need. It's much better to say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall lack nothing than to speak about lack, about need, about finances or needing to pay your fees or whatever it is. No, no, speak about the provision of God. Speak about the abundance of God. Speak faith because then you please God. It is impossible to please Him without faith. Faith is faith in God's Word. We only have faith in God's Word when we speak it and then when we act upon it. So the woman that pressed through the crowd, she spoke it first, but then she acted upon it and actually pressed through the crowd and touched Jesus. And when she touched Jesus, power went out of him. Why? There were lots of other people pressing around him. And when he said, who touched me? The disciples said, well, look, there's lots of people touching you. Look how the crowd is, is pressing around you. But he knew that he had been touched by faith. And because he'd been touched by faith, power went out of him. Every time you touch Jesus with faith, power goes out of him. Every time, every time. Sometimes we think we believe, but there's no power. And God knows that in that case, we have not touched him with faith. Amen? We can know the word without believing the word. Amen? You can actually speak the word without believing it because Jesus says you must believe in your heart. He tells us when we pray to speak to mountains and command them to move. But he said when you speak to the mountain, when you speak to the need, you must believe in your heart. So faith has to come from the heart. We can all know the words of faith, but if we don't believe them in our hearts, Again, God is not obligated to answer us. 
So God wants to see that faith in our hearts. We truly believe what he says. We speak, therefore, over our lives what he says, and we act according to his word. We put his word into action. God then responds. That was worth an hallelujah. Uh, when faith is rising up, we'll get a few more hallelujahs. <laughs> In his love for us, God desires to give to us. To bless, to be blessed, is to receive from God that which you need, which will make you content, which will please you. God wants to please you, but pleasing you comes out of first pleasing him. It's the, his response to the faith that we put in him. Now, you have that scripture in front of you every time you come in here, that God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that in all things, at all times, having everything you need, you will abound in every good work. The outworking of faith is that we will abound in every good work. We would do the works of faith. James says in his epistle that faith without works is dead. If it doesn't lead to works, it's not real faith, it's dead faith. Living faith always leads to the works of faith. But we need to consider for a moment the first part of this statement. God is able to make all grace abound to you. Now, grace is what God gives. Grace is what he gives to those who deserve nothing. If you ever think you deserve something from God, you do not qualify for grace. You only qualify for grace if you know you deserve nothing. Now, grace and faith belong together in Scripture. We are saved by the grace of God through faith, through the faith we put in what God has done for us in Jesus. So God will always answer with his grace when we put faith in him. So faith does not look at yourself. Faith does not think that you are worthy enough to receive anything from God or you deserve anything from God. You never deserve anything from God. Everything he does is a work of his grace. Amen? So our faith is not in what we do. If, if you think you're doing very well, you're living a good, holy, righteous life, you think, therefore, God is going to answer me, you are mistaken. Because what you are doing is putting your faith in your walk, not your faith in his word. The amazing thing about God is that even when you've messed up, you can pray for forgiveness, in which case his, your sin no longer exists, God will never remember it, and he is still ready to pour his grace upon you because his grace does not depend upon your performance but upon his love. Are we there? 
You see, it's almost offensive to us to think that we can get from God without doing something ourselves. And what God teaches us in the scripture, the only thing we can ever do to receive anything from God is to have faith in his grace. So if you have faith in his word, you have faith in his grace. You have faith in his desire to give to you, to honor his word, to fulfill his promises, to pour into your life his love, his power, his, his joy, whatever it is that is needed in the situation in which you find yourself. So praise God. He is the God of all grace. Amen. And he is able to make all grace abound to us. So that in all things, at all times. So God doesn't answer us because he's in a good mood. Or because you've caught him on a good day. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Every moment of every day, Jesus is the same. Every moment of every day, the word is the same. Every moment of every day, his promises are the same. Every moment of every day, the Holy Spirit is the same. And God will always answer us according to faith in his word, not according to what is going on in our lives. Think for a moment of the prodigal son. He came to the father, claimed his inheritance, went off and wasted it completely in ungodly living. He came to his senses, the scripture says. He said... I have sinned. I'm going to return to my father. I'm going to say to him, I am not worthy. He said it. Faith is now beginning to operate again in his life. He comes back to the father. The father runs to meet him. He begins to make his statement. The father doesn't even let him finish. He embraces him. He kisses him. He puts the best robe on him, a ring on his finger, shoes on his feet. He takes him into the feast. He's just wasted his whole inheritance. And now the father takes him into the feast. Why? Because he's returned to the place of faith. He's spoken faith. He's acted upon it. He is now one with the father again. He's back in the feast. You see, if he was a modern church member, he would have to come up before the eldership and the eldership would say, well, now we need to take him through a period of discipline uh, before he can be restored to fellowship and we need to lay the law down that he is not to do this, 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 and this and we'll have this person to disciple him and that person to disciple him and make sure he's not going to have a negative effect upon anybody else. But Jesus said, no, the Father forgave him and took him into the feast. That's forgiveness, that's mercy, that's grace, that's God's response to faith. Now the elder brother comes along, hears all the feasting going on, and he's miffed. He is one upset dude. Why? You wouldn't even give me a goat to have a feast with my friends. And this son of yours, he didn't say this brother of mine, 
This son of yours wastes his inheritance with prostitutes and he comes back and you have a feast in his honor. What was the elder brother's problem? His trust was in his righteousness. His trust was in himself. His trust was in what he is doing. I've served you diligently. I've served you faithfully. You know, over the years, I've received many, many letters from people whose lives are in a mess or they need healing and so on. And I can remember one letter in particular where there was a a former missionary, a lady, who this letter just um, listed all the wonderful, wonderful ways in which God had used this woman. And now she had been diagnosed with terminal cancer. And so the person said in this letter, surely God would want to heal her. And, you know, my heart sank because God would not want to heal her because of anything she had done. Doesn't matter how much he'd used her, doesn't matter how much fruit that she'd borne in her life, no matter how many wonderful things God had done through her, God would never heal her because of what she had done. He could only heal her because of what Jesus had done. And you see, the dear person that wrote this letter was putting the faith in what she had done rather than faith in what Jesus has done. Because what the scripture says is that he has borne our infirmities and carried our sicknesses. Our faith is never in what we have done, even if we think we've been really good, really holy, really righteous. God has used us in great and wonderful ways. So what? See, God does not honor our activity. He honors his word. It's always not faith in what we have done. It's faith in who he is, what he says, and what he has done. That is the only substance of real faith. If our faith is not in his word, as far as God is concerned, It's not real faith. So this is why it's so important for us to become the men and women of the word of God, but not just knowing the word, because there are lots of people, lots of evangelical believers who know the word, but don't necessarily believe it. They don't speak it over their lives, or they only speak portions of it instead of the whole counsel of God. They don't speak it over their lives. They don't act upon the word. But they study it, they read it, and they think they're in such a good place with God because they know the scriptures. Listen, you're going to know the scriptures a lot more now, uh, by the end of this year, than you do now. But knowing the scripture is not going to do the job. It's believing what he says, acting upon what he says, that will actually produce the works of grace the good works that God wants to do through you. So the only thing that counts is faith working through love. We'll be talking about the love in due course this week. But we need, first of all, to get the faith straight. Faith working through love has always been the sort of motto of the kingdom faith ever since uh, it began many years ago, over 30 years ago. But you can have love without faith. 
And even the love without faith does not please God. Because the only thing that pleases him is faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. There are lots of people that in love and compassion support other people in their need. And you know you can respect that and honor that and be thankful for that but it's less than God intends because God's intention is that we don't support people in their need but we see their needs met. So, you know, God, God doesn't want you to support an addict. He wants to see the addict delivered from his addiction. He doesn't want us simply to support an alcoholic or whatever it is. He wants to see that person delivered from his alcoholism. So if we just support people in need, you can say, well, that's good to a certain extent, but it doesn't fulfill the purpose of God. Because the purpose of God is to liberate, is to free, is to heal, is to deliver. Because that is what Jesus has accomplished through his sacrifice on the cross. Now let's talk for a moment about forgiveness. You probably believe that if you confess your sins... God fulfills his word. He's faithful and just to forgive you your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So when you confess your sins, you believe God forgives you. Why? Did you have Feelings of forgiveness? Did you wait for feelings of forgiveness? Did you wait for a tingle down your spine? Or some physical expression in your body somewhere? No. You simply believed the word of God. That if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you your sins. Why? Because he took all your sins upon himself on the cross. So you weren't looking for an experience, you were believing what he did on the cross. Now he also took your sicknesses to the cross. So why, if you ask him to heal you, do you wait to feel something? Or think he's only answered you if you feel something? You didn't feel anything when you got forgiven. Why should you feel anything if you get healed? You're not looking for a feeling when you pray for forgiveness. So why look for a feeling when you want to be healed? You see, that shows that your faith is not in what Jesus has done... Your faith is in a feeling. And if the feeling doesn't happen, you would tend to think the healing hasn't happened. Hello? 
Are we all at the same meeting here? Why? Because, you see, people do not have the same faith for healing that they have for forgiveness. They've been taught, probably, if they've been brought up in a Christian family, they've been taught since they were toddlers. If, Jesus, if you ask Jesus to forgive you, he will forgive you, so they believe it. But most of them haven't been taught, if you ask Jesus to heal you, he will heal you. But you see, the basis of forgiveness is the cross. The basis of healing is the cross. It's the same event. But people don't have the same faith in the cross for their healing that they have for their forgiveness. If you looked for a feeling when you confess your sins, then you will be disappointed. I was preaching in the church on Sunday and I, I mentioned an incident that happened some years ago when a woman came up to me at the end of a meeting, a meeting that had been very powerful, lots of things had been going on, God had been blessing and healing people. But this woman looked the picture of misery. And she, she said, can you help me? And so I said, well, what's, what's, what's the problem? She said, well, 20 years ago I committed adultery. And for 20 years I've been asking God to forgive me, but I have absolutely no sense that he has. So I said to her, my dear, for 19 years, 364 days, God hasn't known what you've been talking about. <laughs> Why? Because the first time you asked him to forgive you, he forgave you. When he forgives, the scripture says he forgets. That your sin disappears like the mist before the rising sun. So he hasn't known what you've been talking about. And she looked at me and she said, do you mean I'm forgiven? So I said, yes, of course you were forgiven. You were forgiven the first time you asked him. And it was literally, she looked about 10 years longer. She just began to radiate joy. And she just left the building, you know, full of Jesus, really. The truth set her free. But you see, she had made the mistake of looking for some feeling from God to tell her that she was forgiven. A lot of people do the same thing when it comes to healing. You can have a healing line. You know, people come forward and, and people are praying for them. Some people get healed and some don't. Why? Well, what are they looking for? What are they expecting? Some people, you see, if they don't have an experience, they go back to their place thinking God hasn't done it. But God doesn't offer us an experience. He offers us healing. Amen? And he, Jesus talks about the perseverance of faith. That sometimes we have to persevere when there's no feelings, when there's no experience. And that's actually when your faith becomes stronger. You continue to speak the faith. You continue to speak the word over your life. Even though there's absolutely no evidence of what is happening. When I travel around, often at meetings there have been wonderful moves of God's healing power. Hundreds of people have been healed and so on. And there have been a number of occasions when obviously the pastor or the people that are leading the meeting have been praying beforehand. And the Spirit of God has told them lots of people are going to be healed uh, in the meeting. So in the first part of the meeting that they're leading, they start to try to get people healed. 
And there's obviously no anointing, there's no real power, nothing is, very much is happening at all. I get up and preach, and after the preaching, a whole lot of people get healed. What's the difference? It's not the preaching, because God does not say that he will honor preaching with signs and wonders, but he will always follow the preaching of the word with signs and wonders. And you see, in the early part of the meeting, there hasn't been the revelation of the word. God says he will honor the word with signs following, signs and wonders. Why? Because our faith is in the word. And how does faith come? From hearing the word. We hear the word. A person can be preaching about all kinds of things, but if it's not the word, then God has no obligation to follow it with signs and wonders. But if we preach the word, if we preach faith in the word, and faith is rising up within people, then God will honor the word with signs and wonders. Now, I just mentioned that, you see, because... We see how important the word is for us. Our faith has to be in the word, but we only have faith in the word because we hear the word, because it's declared to us. Now, it might be declared to us through somebody preaching the word. It might be declared to us through someone speaking the word to us on a one-to-one -one basis. It might be because when you are praying, the Holy Spirit speaks the word to you. Or when you're reading the scripture, a particular verse, a particular promise leaps out of the page and hits you in your heart. That's the Holy Spirit speaking that word to you and saying, that's my word for you now at this moment. Believe it, speak it, act upon it, and you will see the fulfillment of what that word declares. So there are various ways in which we hear the word receive the word but we are totally dependent to be the people of faith on hearing the word so you know you can read the word out of sense of duty I'll read the passage for today boom 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 boom, boom. nothing much is going to happen but if you read the word with the anointing of the Holy Spirit saying Holy Spirit speak to me speak to me through the word then you're going to hear the voice of God because the voice of God is in these words. But a lot of people can read these words without hearing the voice of God. Can you understand what I'm saying? Because we need that word to become faith in our hearts. When we believe what it says, we hear what it says. We hear God. I had to go to university and study academic theology. You have been delivered from that. When I was first ordained, when I was first ordained, God said to me, men have taught you to disbelieve the word, because actually that's what academic, academic 
theology does. It tries to analyze the word, take it apart, and do everything possible to make you disbelieve it. It seems crazy, but that's the truth. So God said to me, men have taught you to disbelieve the word. Now I'm going to teach you to believe the word. And whatever you believe in this book, you will see. Now in my naivety, I thought God meant that if I believed everything, I would see everything. I didn't say, well, I'll believe some things and not other things. So that's why I've seen so many people saved, so many people healed. I've even seen the dead restored to life. But you see, the point is, if the word of God says, I would teach you my word. A revival happened in my church in 1970, um, which was very significant for the whole move of God in this nation. But when that move began, God had met with me personally because he always meets with leadership before he meets with the rest of the body. And, and uh, I said to the Lord, what do I do, Lord? Because I knew he had done an important thing in me. What do I do now? And he said, I want you to teach my people my word. And I didn't come from uh, an evangelical background. So I said, well, Lord, I, I'm not a teacher of the word. So he said to me, well, I will teach you, and then you will teach the people. And that's exactly what happened. Every day of my life, I would, I, I would spend time in the early morning listening to God. He would teach me his word, then I would teach the people and revival broke out. That's a simplistic description of what happened, but that is, that is the reality. Everything you see is the expression of God's word. Everything that he does is the outworking of faith in his word because God will never, listen to me, God will never, ever, ever, ever do anything in the life of anybody that does not please him. God would never, ever do anything in anybody's life that did not please him. So everything he does in your life is what pleases him. But he can't do anything that pleases him without faith. Because without faith it is impossible to please God. So everything he does in your life that pleases him is the result of faith. So what does the scripture say? He is the author and the perfecter or finisher of our faith. He, the, this, is the, this is the crazy thing. Everything depends. No, it's not the crazy thing. It's the wonderful thing. Everything, <laughs> everything depends upon God. He authors the faith. Amen. He speaks the faith. He creates the faith in us. Then we have to speak the faith and act upon the faith and he honors the faith because he started it in the first place. And God never starts something that he doesn't intend to finish. Amen? So without faith, it's impossible to please God. You know, in the modern church, churches, all kinds of things 
people try to substitute by faith. They think if they sing and sing and sing and sing, that's going to please the Lord. Well, it might please the people because you can have a good time rejoicing and praising God. But unless it's faith, it doesn't please him. Unless you see in those contexts the life and the power of God impacting people, then God is not pleased. Because that's what happens when we have faith. God moves in our lives. Just speak faith. I got up this morning with a real struggle in part of my body, which was really, really painful. I thought, here we go again. Why? Because the devil will always put to the test what you believe. But the scripture says the testing of your faith proves it's genuine. As I've been speaking here, there's been less and less pain in my body. Why? Because I'm speaking the truth. I'm speaking the word. I'm declaring it. I'm acting upon it. Pastor Jonathan met me at the door and he said, how are you? So I said, I'm walking in my healing. I didn't talk about what was wrong. I'm walking in my healing. Why? Because it's faith. It's faith. If I talked about the need, my need would have got that worse. If I talk about the answer, the need is being answered. This is faith. Are we getting it? It isn't, it isn't denying the reality. It's not being unreal and saying, oh, I don't have pain or I don't have a need. Or, or, and no, no, no. It's, that, that, that's unreality. But it's saying the pain, the need is not the truth. The truth is what Jesus Christ has done for me. I'm, I'm, I'm living by faith in the truth. I'm going to keep speaking and confessing the truth. Because Jesus said it's knowing the truth that will set us free. So, you know, you have to live in it all the time. And when you get to my age, you get a few more aches and pains in the body than you do when you're younger. Amen? I'm a 39-year-old in a 79-year-old body. I get younger inside, but the body gets older on the outside. And there's nothing much I can do about that except thanking God that he is the strength of my life. He is my portion forever. So praise God. Hallelujah. Glory. Amen. So we are going to have in these coming weeks a feast of the word of God. All I can do, or anybody else who speaks in the Lord's name, is to declare his word. Not their ideas, not their opinions. If you ever hear anybody talking about their opinions, switch off. But when they're speaking the word of God and, and bringing forth the word of God in the power of the Spirit, then you listen with every fiber of your being. But what I can't do is cause you to respond to the word. You have to listen. You have to receive. Believe what you hear. 
Speak what you hear and act on what you hear. Why? Because the word of God will then not return to him empty. But it will accomplish that for which it has sent. During the course of the day, you have a lot of absolutely useless and pointless conversations. <laughs> Human beings are like that. So many of the things that you say are totally useless. I, in, my, in my younger days, uh, every year I would go away for a silent retreat for, for several days where you're just living in silence with a number of other people in prayer. And when you live in silence for several days, you realize just how useless many of the things are that you say. <laughs> that actually they mean nothing. God is totally different. He never, ever says anything that is pointless or useless. Everything he says has meaning and significance. Everything he says in his word, everything he says to you by the Spirit, he will never indulge in useless conversation with you or with anyone. You might have times of real intimate fellowship where you're in dialogue with the Lord, but it won't be useless dialogue. It will be dialogue that will build up your faith and your dependence upon Him. So, by the end of this term, great things are going to be happening. Not only here, but because you will abound in every good work. Why is that? Because we're going to have a term of faith. Now, to that faith, God will add all kinds of other things, as the scripture says. But the basis of everything has to be our walk of faith. And even those of us that have been on the team for many years, and none of you have been on the team for more years than I have. <laughs> that is certainly true. Uh, I spent the whole day yesterday going back over all the fundamentals of faith in the Word of God. Now, I've lived by those things for 50 years or more. But still, God blessed me. God encouraged my faith. Because if you get back into the word of faith, and faith rises up within you in a fresh way. We can never say, oh, I've got faith, or I've done faith, or I have faith. No, faith is what you say. Faith is what you do. And when you say it, and when you do it, you see the outworking of God's answers and response to your faith. You will receive whatever you ask in prayer if you believe. If you continue to live in me, and my words, my words, my words, my words continue to live in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be given you.
You couldn't have any better promises than that. So, beloved, the way we start to respond to the word is always, you know, the, the word does two things. It always encourages us and challenges us. And so you might have to say to the Lord in a moment when we begin to pray together, Lord, forgive me for all the times I've trusted in my feelings rather than in your word. You might need to say, Lord, forgive me for all the times when I've spoken about the need, I've spoken about the problem, I've spoken about the sickness, instead of speaking your word, instead of speaking faith in your word over the symptoms, over the circumstances, over the problem. See, what God wants to do is to give you a fresh start this morning. Say, okay, in the past you might have got things, some things wrong. He doesn't judge you, he doesn't condemn you. He says, well, you did that because you didn't know any better. But now you do know better because you've just heard the truth. So now we cancel out all the negatives of the past. And now God says, you have a fresh beginning. Amen? And from this moment, you're going to be a man or woman of faith. And that principle of faith is going to undergird absolutely everything you say and do. And you won't get it all right at first because, you see, if you're going to speak faith and act upon faith, you first of all have to think faith. And we can only think faith as we believe that word, but <clears throat> what has to take place is a renewing of our mind. Let your mind be renewed so you know the good, acceptable, perfect will of God. So your whole thinking has to change from thinking the way you have thought into the way that God now wants you to think. Where you think his word, speak his word, act upon his word, and see the fulfillment of his word. So the whole process begins in our minds. And it takes a little bit of time. If you've been spending many years thinking one way, you don't necessarily immediately begin to think in another way. Sometimes there's a battle that goes on between the way you used to think and the way now you need to think. But as you persevere in that faith in God's word, so your thinking will change, your heart attitudes will change, your speech will change, your actions will change, and what you see God doing in your life will change. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.